Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Come on, somebody shout for joy. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to love God with all our heart. We're in this series, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Here we go. One of the teachers, let me give you context before I read it all. Jesus is uh, standing there, and he's uh, in, in, a, in the midst of Sadducees and Pharisees, and um, they were just basically religious teachers of the law. The Sadducees were the most strict of all the teachers of the law. And <clears throat> they were trying Jesus with difficult questions. And uh, they had asked uh, questions about, you know, resurrection and rebirth and all this and who marries who and one resurrects and all this. And, and Jesus gives them an answer and puts them in their place. And then we pick up here. It's one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, uh, which is understandable, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important one? <clears throat> An amazing question. Jesus' response, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment <clears throat> greater than these. Let's pray. God, today, help us understand what it means to love you with all of our heart. Help us understand your great love for us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready to receive today. I'm ready. I'm ready for something fresh, something new. <clears throat> Um, so like I said, we are starting a new series today called Made for a Mission. And uh, as a church community, as followers of Jesus, individually and corporately, we are made for a mission. We are made, uh, there, there, there's uh, basically our, our church uh, vision is what we're going to be talking through, our church mission, what we feel like God has called us to. And really simply, our church, Ocean Church, is called to fulfilling the greatest commandment and filling the great commission. So when asked about what is Ocean Church about, Ocean Church exists to love God, to love others, to make disciples, and to reach the lost. The great commandment, the greatest commandment, as Jesus said it, love God, love others. The great commission, as we see it in Matthew 28, he says, now go, therefore, and make disciples of nations. Go make disciples and reach lost people. So over the next couple of weeks, we will be talking about it. Today we're kicking it off, and it will be over whenever God wants it to be. Come on, somebody. Like We, we may be here till Jesus comes home just talking about what it means to love God, love others, make disciples, and reach lost. I doubt it, but who knows? Um, it's going to be good. I encourage you to be here. I encourage you to invite somebody out to church, too. You know, there are people all around you that you're coming in contact with that you know need a touch from the Lord. And uh, it's important to, to be able to and, and bring people to church, uh, not just so they can come to church and go home. You, you saw that video, like, we, we are the church. 
we bring the church to the people, but there's an awesome representation of the people coming together and worshiping Jesus. So invite someone to church. <clears throat> God has led us down this path to this vision, and today we're talking about what it means to love God. And I want to start, as I typically do, with some questions, some thoughts. If you have notes, get your pen ready. If you're not taking notes, get your phone out and get ready to take some notes in Jesus' name. Note takers go to heaven. That's what I heard. I read that somewhere. No, actually, no one. That I didn't read that, and that's just I'm just teasing. Question for you: What would you say is the most important thing to you? What would you say is the most important thing to you? Another question: When others see your life, what do you want them to remember about you? When others come in contact with your life, when others see your life, what is the thing you want them walking away remembering? Another question. If someone asked you, explain to me who God is, could you? If someone stopped you on the street and said, tell me who God is, what would you say? Could you tell me? Last question. It's a little different one. If your life were a magazine... What would be on the cover? I, I grabbed this uh, this magazine here. Obviously, we, we, we've heard, many of you heard the news about Kobe Bryant two weeks ago he, and, and the eight other precious souls, one of them being his daughter that died in a helicopter crash. And there was this magazine I picked up. It's Kobe Bryant. And uh, basically, I could look at that magazine cover, and it tells me what's going on inside, right? It tells me what it's all about. I, I, I know what the magazine is all about just by seeing what's on the outside cover. And now you flip through it, and it's amazing. What a, what a legacy that, that Kobe Bryant has left uh, for the world to be able to look at. There's the whole Mamba mentality going around, and, and, and there's uh, amazing things that this man was able to accomplish. But today I use this as an illustration because here's the old adage. Remember that old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. And, and that's, that's almost true, but you could at least get an idea of what's going on inside. So when people look at the outside of our lives, what are they able to deduce and what are they able to determine about who we are at the very core of our being? What would your magazine cover look like? In this passage we just read, Jesus commands us to love God with all of our heart, which means loving him out of the core of who we are. Why does this matter today in this day and age that we live in, even for the young kids that were in here that, that are hearing this message? Why is this important that we love God with all of our heart? Here's why. Because there are a lot of things that are looking to take center stage in our hearts. Come on. It could be achievements, people, social media, musicians, politicians, there are a lot of things vying for that place in our heart, vying to be the core and, and, and be in that place of, 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 of a primary focal point of our lives. And, and, and we're seeing that God and Jesus is recognizing that the most important thing we need to do is love God with all of our hearts. Why? Because what you love determines what you do. Right? What you love determines what you do, how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, what you love. I love cars. 
So because of that, yesterday I spent some time going to the Ferraris on 5th at Naples just to look at a bunch of cars that I'll never buy. In Jesus' name, it's all good. But, like, a boy can still dream. Come on, somebody. And I appreciate the uh, mechanics of cars and the beauty and the design, and I appreciate all those things. And, and, and my affinity for those things draws me to do that. I read magazines about it. It just my love for those things, it, it determines what I do and what I spend my time on. Also, what you love determines how you live. It influences how you make decisions. And what you love also, lastly, determines who you are. What you love fundamentally shapes our hearts. So we're going to unpack this here. We're going to look at this text and understand what this means. Here's the first point I want to tell you as we look at this scripture. Point number one is loving God is the most important commandment. Jesus said it himself. Loving God is the most important thing. And we would all say, yep, makes sense, heard it before, but we don't know how to appropriately put it into the context of our lives and and exemplify what it means to love God with all of our heart. How do we do that? We're going to hopefully get a better understanding of that today. Mark uh, 12, 29, we just see it again, just to reiterate, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Your love for God should supersede your love for anything else. Amen? Your love for God, your affinity for God as followers of Jesus. And again, we're all, none of us are perfect. Somebody shout amen right there. Like uh, even Brother Phil is still working on clearing out the space in his life and making all of the room and loving God with all of his heart. This is a challenge for me. I know it's a challenge for you. How do we love God with all of our heart? What's so interesting in this passage So Jesus, what he was quoting, you may have seen the quotations there. You see, uh, hear this, O Israel. What Jesus was actually quoting was in Deuteronomy 6. Now, what it was is Jewish people, it's called the Shema. And the Shema was something that the uh, Jewish, the people of Israel, they recited twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. It was something that they recited. They were redundant in it. uh, Deuteronomy 6, I'm actually going to read it for you in just a second. But it was something that as they got up every day, they said, what is life about today? What are we going to do? We see this Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I want to read it to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. I love this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. They actually literally did this. They would write it on their forehead visibly so that people can see what their life was about. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It says, hear, listen, O Israel. They repeated it every day. They spoke it so it could be heard. What are we supposed to do with ourselves today? They woke up in the morning and said, love the Lord your God with all of their heart. This is something that yeah, maybe I'm not advocating for you to write it on your forehead. Come on, somebody. Like that. You, you may, 
scare some people. You may weird some people out walking around with words on your forehead, like tattooing stuff, face tattoos. Like, let me stop. Um, <clears throat> but there's a reality that we need to be able to understand day by day. There, there is a reason why they repeated this every day, in fact, twice a day, rather than just once, once a year. Because every day we need, it to be, we need to be reminded that it's the love of God that needs to guide our lives. Amen? Second point, loving God is personal. We learned about this a little last week, that we don't serve an impersonal master. We, we serve our Father. We're in the business of advancing the kingdom. Love, loving God is personal. The Lord our God is one. This, this thought I want to encourage you with, it is very difficult to love somebody that you don't know, right? So it, it, it's Jesus, God is, is explaining himself as a personal God. He's saying the Lord our God, the Lord God is one. The, 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 the Hebrews, the, the people of Israel, they didn't even call him God they gave they felt like it was too he was too holy for that so god gave them a personal name for which to call him by and it was it was yahweh or adonai is another one yahweh or adonai it was a personal name that god gave his people and uh, we we have for the people that we know and love we give them nicknames right we we got nicknames from like like me and my wife we we got nicknames for each other i won't tell you what they are but uh they're, they're little nicknames. There's, there's, when I, if I first meet you and I try to give you a nickname, that doesn't work. But over time, there, there's a special communication. There's a special way that the more that we get to know each other, there is a uniqueness in the way we relate to each other. There's a uniqueness in the way that we communicate because there's a personal relationship that's being established. In order to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, we must recognize that he loves us like a father. Amen? There's a personal relationship that he desires. And there's a difference between knowing somebody and knowing about somebody. Many of us, all of us know who has have heard of God and know about God and know about Jesus, but do we really know him? I know about Kobe Bryant, but I don't know him. And because of that, my affection for him is a little bit different. The people that knew him, there is a difference between the love and the affection that they have for him versus those that, just, that really didn't know him or knew him from afar. The people that are being absolutely wrecked by the news of what happened are those that really know him and really love him. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's important for you to know who God is in order to love him with all of your heart. The third point is, is very simple. We love God with all of our heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love, the Hebrew meaning of that word, action, emotion, heart, your heart. Your heart gives physical life to your body, not your brain, not your toes, not your hands, not any other organ. Your, life, your, your heart represents the life flow. It represents the place where life comes in, blood flows in, and blood flows out. This is important. We love God with all of our heart because God flows. God wants to flow into our heart so that he can flow out of our heart. Make sense? 
where it's also the place where you think. It's often thought as, as another brain for you is your heart. It represents your intellect, your, intellect, your intentions. You think uh, in your heart, and your heart shapes your character, your choices, and your decisions. And there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Head knowledge comes in. The Pharisees understood this. The Sadducees understood this. They had plenty of head knowledge, but what they were missing, that's why Jesus took the time to remind them and say, this is the most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, not with your intellect. Come on, somebody. Not with all your knowledge of the word, but love the Lord your God with your very life source for which everything flows out of. Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. You see this up here? Say this with me. For everything you do flows from it. Everything we do flows from it. When I'm talking to friends at times, I find myself in this position or playing this role with my friends as like almost like a mediator at times where they, they come in and they unload and they, they say crazy stuff. And I find myself constantly in this place of saying, brother, I hear you, but you got to guard your heart, man. You need to guard your heart. Why is it important that even Solomon, the wisest, one of the wisest people that ever walked the face of the earth, said, above all else, above anything else that you could be watchful of and guard, he says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Out of it flows everything that you do. My heart is the incubator for which everything flows outward. Starts in my heart. Matthew 6, 21, I, I alluded to it earlier. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Loving God with all my heart is the commandment. There's a difference between knowing it and obeying it. How do we obey this commandment? What does that look like? Uh, we said that, even like I said, that the Jews, uh, the, the Sadducees, and the Sadducees were sad, you see, because, yes, just make sure everybody's awake, just throw a little jokey joke in there, all right. They had grown so desensitized to this commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart, because they have placed secondary doctrine in front of it. The doctrine that they were using, there was nothing wrong with it, but the way that they were using it was had everything wrong with it. It's important in life that we don't dam up the well of our hearts. We don't stop up the well in the flow of our hearts and allow our hearts to become hardened by the world, by circumstances, by people offending us. Come on, somebody. This is important that we guard our heart. Why? Because God wants, he wants to flow through our hearts. There's many good things that consume our lives. But if we don't love God with all of our hearts, we are extremely limiting the abundant life that we can experience and the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. So how do we, how do we love God with all of our hearts? I'm glad y'all asked. I'm going to tell you. How do we do that? What does that look like? Do I just 
God, I love you. All right, I'm good. No, what, what does this look like? Here's some application for you. Here's the first thing. Allow God to change your heart. See, it requires uh, the acknowledgement that your heart needs to be made new. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. I love this verse. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. How many know that we live in a nation that needs to be cleansed of its impurities and its idols? Come on, somebody. I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit. I will remove from your heart of remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. He says, I want to give you a new heart. A heart that burns with desire for the same desires that he has. Psalms 51.10 says, uh, David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. A change of your heart comes through divine intervention. It comes when we, when we accept Jesus into, into our lives, into our heart. He gives us a new heart. Second thing is in order to love God with all of our hearts, we have to receive love. You can't give what you don't have. How do you give love to God if you don't first get it from him? <clears throat> God wired us uh, to be beings that give and receive love. And we are all longing to receive love. Come on, somebody say amen. I grew up as a kid in the 90s, and there was this thing we had called R&B music. I know that's like still around. I'm talking like it's, uh, it's like gone away. Everybody heard of R&B music, rhythm and blues? You heard of it down here in Naples? Okay, cool. Um, so there was this song I used to love. It was by this group named Shy, and uh, I'm probably dating myself, and some of y'all don't know it. But it, was, it would go like, ooh, and da-da-doo, doo-doo. Ooh, da da do. The very first time that uh, so I'm, uh, it's kind of weird singing it to you guys. Let me let me sing it to my wife. The very first time that I saw your brown eyes, your lips said hello, and I said, right, "Let me stop." <laughs> and if I ever fall in love again. Y'all better stop. <laughs> uh, we're drawn, <laughs> we're drawn to these songs, Hallmark movies. We're drawn to all this sappy stuff because we we are all desperately looking for that extraordinary love. We want that head-over-heels, once-in-a-lifetime relationships. And, and here's the reality, and I alluded to it before, that the things that are trying to take center stage in our life, movies, songs, novels, websites, are all trying to capitalize and manipulate that need that's in us. This is why it's important that we receive God's love and lead from that place 
Part of the problem is that we're receiving love from all the wrong places. So when it comes to giving God love, we're so limited in our ability to do that because what's been placed on us through songs, through the expectations of others, through the disappointments, we try to lead and give back love to God, but we can't. That's why it's important that we need to clear space in our hearts and allow us allow ourselves to receive the love of God so we can love him with all of our hearts. Amen. We have to receive God's love because only he can satisfy that longing for our hearts to be filled with his love. By show of hands, how many married couples do we have in the house? Hallelujah. I love it. I want you to know something today. Your spouse will never be enough for you. I know I just I just I messed you up right there, right? I just jacked your whole We be like what but that's why we got together because they complete me. You complete me. <clears throat> Your spouse, redeemed by Jesus, will be enough for you. God did not give you your spouse to complete you. He gave you Jesus to complete you. So what happens in relationships, we think if we can just find the right person, if we can just find the right person, then I will be good. I will feel whole. I will feel complete. But brother, sister, I'm telling you, for even the single people in the house, you will never find person to complete you. Only Jesus can fill that God-sized void in your heart. You're not designed to be completed by another person. You're designed to be completed by your creator in Jesus' name. Here's my, my third thought here, and i got to move quick. And, and how we love God with all of our hearts. Begin expressing your love for God. Ooh, I love this part. It's more than words. It's more than a feeling. It's more than just crying emotional tears, and I cry a lot. I'm going to tell you, I'm not ashamed. Listen, never trust a man that doesn't cry. <laughs> I know that's not gospel, that's not, that's not, but I'm just telling you, that there's just something that is one of the most powerful scripture verses. One of my favorites is Jesus wept. Because it expressed his love for God and expressed his compassion for people. But love is more than a feeling. It's not only an emotional attachment, but it expresses itself in action. There's two other ways that you can spell love. Two other four-letter words. T-I-M-E. It's one way. Time. For those of you that know that that spells time. Someone was like, oh, time. Correct. Another four-letter word. G-I-V-E. Correct. Time. Give. How do we love Lord our God with all of our heart? Give. Give the very first part 
of our increase. Give him the first part of our day. Give him the first, give him our time. Give, giving back to God. Anybody hear of the five love languages? The five love languages are all associated with time or giving. Quality time, that's one of my top two. Acts of service, giving somebody service, giving act of service, giving somebody touch, affection, giving somebody a gift, giving words of affirmation. The way we express our love is by giving and by spending time. John 14, 15. Did I, already, did I already mention 1 John 3, 18? No. Let me, let me mention it here. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. What makes this verse so powerful, too, is the person writing it. John is identified in the gospel as the one whom Jesus loved. And he said, the one that was closest to Jesus in his earthly ministry says, let us not love with just words, but let us love with actions and in truth, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. What I love determines how I act. My love And my love for God is based off of relationship, not rules. It's based on relationship. I love God because I want to. Because of what he's done for me, it just turns into love, and it's not based out of just like, hey, I told you to do this. My desire to even please my wife is out of a deep love that I have for her. In the same way, my desire for God is out of a deep love and affection that I have for him. My actions should prove that I love God. So I ask you, I ask you today, what in your life do you need to shift around so the world can see that you love God and the world can know God? Here's your kind of main point you're made to do. Love God with all your heart. The Hebrew word for all is all. <laughs> it means with, with everything. With all, like there's, there's not really a way to translate that other than just everything that's in you. With all of your heart. We are passionate about what we love, and what we're passionate about reveals our destiny. It reveals our purpose. You become like what you love. Whew. You become like what you love. The more I love God, the more I become like him. You become like what you love I want to encourage you today that the only way that you're going to be able to love God, I, I alluded to it earlier, is that you first receive his love. And we often have a hard time loving God because we're unable to receive, comprehend, or understand God's love for us despite of what we've done. Last week I talked about what it means to be a son and daughter. And I think at times there can be, not always, but there can be a correlation to the relationship we had with our earthly father and how that puts a strain on the relationship we have with our heavenly father. But I want you to know today that your heavenly father 
is a perfect father who loves his children. He loves his kids. If all God wanted was servants, he didn't, then Jesus wouldn't need to come. He had servants. But God wanted sons and daughters. And God wanted to pour out his love. God is the great initiator. We can only love 1 John 4, I think it is. We love God because he first loved us. He loved us first. Would you stand today? I want to pray in just a moment, but um, some of you um, may feel unlovable. You may feel like, uh, hey, I've done all the right things, but I I still don't feel, I I don't feel like I deserve it. I, I don't feel like, I feel like I deserve it. And even some of you, man, I just in this moment, there's some of you that say, I don't even think it's necessary. I'm doing okay. I'm taking life as it comes. But I want you to know today that God has so much more that he wants to do in you. If you have that thought, here's the limitation with that thought where you don't see it necessary. is because maybe your eyes need to be open to all of those around you that need God's love. And do you want to know how God administers his love at times? It's through you. So today it's important that we receive God's love. God's love is not based on you being lovable. Thank God for that. But God's love is unconditional. God chose you. God chose you. My sister right there, God chose you with the white t-shirt, with your arm like that. I see you right there. God chose you. He chose you for a special purpose. He wants you to love him with all your heart. Zal Maldonado, you weren't here last week, but I was thinking about you. God loves you. He says he's proud. He's proud of you. He says, I'm proud of my son. That's my boy. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart because the world needs to know me. America needs to know me. Naples, Florida needs to know me. You need to love me with all of your heart. So I challenge each and every one of you today to receive God's love. Let's just go ahead and open up our hands like this. Let's receive the love of God. God, we're standing here in a posture trying to understand what this means to love you. God, with everything that you've given us, Lord, how do we effectively love you? How do we effectively do as you've asked us to do? God, how do we fulfill this great commandment of loving God? God, first today, before we do anything, God, before we move in this series any further, God, today we want to receive your love. So, Lord, with with palms faced towards heaven, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would deposit your spirit, you deposit your love in each heart, Lord. Those that are far from you, God, those that are dry, those that are thirsty for more, those that want the real thing, those that are tired for of fake love, those that are looking for love in all the wrong places, God, today you've brought us here with a purpose. God, that purpose today 
is to receive your love. God, so we receive it. Hallelujah. We receive it with joy and we receive it with gladness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we thank God for his goodness? Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.